0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: And welcome back to some sort of Cooler Jets podcast where I Ben Blessington and no Michael Nania this week. The first time, I think, in the history of this pod, he is already in Vegas. And I think he's wow. uh, been on a 72-hour uh, binge <laughs> of hookers, gambling, and drugs since that Monday night loss to the Chargers. So he will not be joining us this week, but he will be on the post-game pod. Uh, in his place, we brought on Marcus Johnson, who we had on for a Greg Olson pod, I think, in January, and then a yeah. Derek Carr review. And you were uh-huh. awesome, man. Um, and as we were we were just talking like right before we got on, I'm like what a whirlwind it's been since <laughs> the last time we spoke. From- yeah. Not getting Carr, getting Rodgers, the Rodgers injury, you guys firing McDaniels. And now both these teams meet in primetime Sunday night football. I don't know how this game didn't get flexed out, but oh, yeah. four and four versus four and five, two teams kind of in a similar spot. And this kind of feels like a make or break week, especially for the Jets, um, yeah. but also for the Raiders. I mean, second game outside of uh, after firing McDaniels, obviously last week, blowing, balling out the Giants. And then yeah. you see that typically with like interim coaches. That first game, there's like a big emotional, uh like release and they they come out hot and they usually play pretty well that first game and then it's can they sustain it and it's like uh, this is a second week so it's not it's not the full season it's still early in, in Pierce's tenure it's prime time. they're at home and they're playing a terrible jets offense so yeah. it's kind of a scary matchup for the jets on paper you look at this Raiders team it's like okay the jets should win this but then you're like oh man this this jets offense is completely unreliable so all that yeah. said Marcus first how are you doing man and then we'll, we'll hop into this this Jets Raiders preview, I have no idea how long this pod will be. We're missing the A side of this pod, so I don't know who's <laughs> going to okay. bring the stats.
0: <laughs> it's okay, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, you know, just the, covering the Raiders, man, it's been a, a whirlwind. You know, it, it's been such a difference since, they, since Josh McDaniels has been out, and you kind of could tell that they are just tired of him just watching it on film myself. So it, it's been a big change uh, with moving on from McDaniels.
1: Yeah, I mean we've we kind of had a similar. Th- the Jets never fired Gase midseason, but I, I just going through and reading a bunch of Raiders articles this week, and even just watching the film and seeing the players, it's kind of reminiscent of like Jets fans when they finally got rid of Gase. We didn't have the in-season uh, game to see the the impact of it, but just reading Raiders fans, they're happy this guy is gone. So I guess yeah. what were the biggest differences in, schematically in that first game? They fired not just McDaniel's but the OC and the GM, which mm. a lot of turnover. Specifically, let's just start with the offense. And, and then they started yeah. a rookie, Aiden O'Connell, fifth round pick who played pretty well. I mean, he managed the game. He averaged, I think, like eight yards a, an attempt, although all his yeah. completions were, were under 10 yards, I was looking at, but he did a yeah. nice job. Um, so, what were the biggest differences just in this first game for, for this Raiders offense? Uh,
0: I think the biggest difference was, you know, they went away from the tendencies that Josh McDaniels has and what off what defenses were ready for. So, I think a lot of defenses were kind of just basically knew everything that joshua james was about to do and that was kind of half of the that reason sounds Rod- sounds
1: like nathaniel hackett
0: exactly exactly so so defenses knew exactly what joshua mcdaniel's wanted to do on third down especially raiders have been terrible on third down since last year they're winning to this year they're terrible on third down once again and one of those big reasons because he has these plays that he runs on third down and they get really really repetitive and I think they switched it up this, this week, went a lot more short passes on third down, a lot of quick slants, a lot of things that uh, could add up to Yak because they got an accurate quarterback in there. And so I think Boyd Harder did a really good job of mixing it up, especially with the run game too. They went to zone, a lot of zone runs. Josh Jacobs is comfortable there. And, you know, Josh McDaniels is a power guy, and he was kind of stubborn there as well. Didn't want to mix it up and get to make Josh Jacobs comfortable. And especially they got a smaller offensive line. It didn't really make sense to go pure power like they were. So they went 17 zone runs to nine power runs. This past week, so it it, it was a definitely a huge switch from what Bo Hard I guess saw on film for what the Raiders were doing for their tendencies, and he just went after those and kind of switched it up. So it will be interesting to see how Robert Sala and these guys kind of adjust to what they did last week, and you know, do the Raiders kind of go back to some of the stuff Josh McDaniels is doing third down to kind of switch it up because he kind of shows some different tendencies. That's what I'm that's what I'm excited to see.
1: Yeah, I mean this this has. Uh potential to be a really ugly defensive battle uh, between these two teams especially no Colton Miller which oh, man. is a huge yeah. I mean he's doubtful so may, I mean, maybe he comes through and plays but it doesn't yeah. seem like he's gonna play and that's especially against this Jets defensive line and Bryce Huff I mean that seems like a huge loss for this this Raiders offensive line you mentioned Jacobs he's had a tough season but then last week he finally looked like the Josh Jacobs of old you mentioned the, the switch from, from gap runs to zone runs. I guess when you look at this Jets defense, and anybody who's listened to this podcast or really has just watched this Jets defense, knows the weakness of this Jets defense, although there's there's not many. I've said right. this sentence 50 times in this podcast, <laughs> but it's the teams that just take uh, advantage of the over-aggressive fronts and use yeah. the trap runs, the draw runs, the screens, and a quarterback who has to be able to be willing to take the stuff that's underneath uh, because the Jets are going to play that shell coverage, and they're going to take away the, the deep shots. And yeah. so O'Connell, like if he's willing to just take those three-yard completions and try to set up some yak and just keep methodically moving down the, the field and trying to get that running game open, that's the only way I see this this Raiders offense having any success. But the loss of Colton Miller, that's that's massive. So w- what is this Raiders offensive line going to look like, you think, on, on Sunday night?
0: So, I mean, if they don't have Colton Miller, so it's probably be a Luminor at left tackle and then Mumford at right tackle. That would be my guess. They're going to move a Luminor over to the left. And Mumford over to right. I think you know Mumford's a pretty solid young right tackle in my opinion. He, he can get beat, um, but I, I think he he will hold his own. And he does definitely does his uh, a lot better in the run game too. I think than Lumenier does on the right side. He's pretty athletic for being how big he is. He's about three hundred thirty pounds. Pretty he can move, especially when they run those crack tosses. He can get around there pretty quickly and and maul some people. So Mumford it, it, he'll he'll do solid. But he's going to get beat. Illuminar, he's actually a pretty good tackle himself when it comes to pass protection. So it to be interesting to see how he does on the left side. Cause I don't think he's, I don't know, I don't know if he's ever played on the left side. Maybe. I'm not sure. But um, Bryce Huff think, is just licking his chops hearing that. Yeah, scene. exactly. So, but I mean, Illuminar will hold his own against Bryce Huff. I mean, but he'll get beat too. So those are two guys that I know they're going to get beat eventually in that game. Cause they're not perfect. They're not Colton Miller, even if they have some solid reps in between those getting beat. They're going to get beat. And, you know, and even the guys inside, I know you guys are familiar with Greg Van Roten, who's actually having a big year I, I
1: know. I was like, yeah. what? Where was this guy in 2019 and 2020? He's like, he's good now? This Raiders o line's actually statistically been pretty good. And I was
0: like, yeah, yeah. Van Roten's
1: your starting guard?
0: <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. I, I, th- I, did, I thought he'd be like at least okay and better than Alex Bars, but he's actually overachieved in pass protection. He's been terrible in the right game, though. He's okay. awful. That sounds yeah. like him. Yeah, yeah. Awful. But in the pass protection, he's actually been pretty damn good. And Dylan Parham is pretty good. And Andre James, he's iffy in the inside. So I think they'll have a game plan for Quentin Williams, and they'll they'll try to they'll try to mix it up. I think we'll probably have to do some more chipping this week. There's probably right. be a lot of chipping, a lot of a lot of those things, and you know, dumping the ball off to Michael Mayer after a chip, and those type of things going to be happening because I don't expect them to just leave those guys in the island. Like you know, Joshua Daniels just do stuff like that but I doubt that this week.
1: Yeah, the guy that I was actually really impressed watching the that Giants game was Andre James, because I don't think Dexter Lawrence had a single pressure that entire game, and Lawrence just destroyed the Jets when they played him. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, this, this Raiders offensive line with Colton Miller, it would be a pretty formidable opponent for this Jets defensive line, but without Colton Miller, I think, and a, and a young quarterback, and no offense to Adrian O'Connell, who I think played pretty well against the Giants, the yeah. Jets have just played a gauntlet of elite quarterbacks far the season. So it's, <laughs> it's nice to just be able to play a rookie fifth-round pick um, without his starting left tackle. I do really think this is a game where the Jets' defensive line – I mean, they feasted all season, but yeah. I think they can really feast, especially with the stunt packages. I mean, they've gotten more creative with using Jermaine Johnson and moving him all around. Last mm. week they were putting him inside. He's right. amazing at stunts. I have to say that That the stunts that the Jets were running against the Chargers were just fooling uh, Justin Herbert. And I think they had eight sacks. I could be wrong. I might have one. I want to check that again. Yeah,
0: tons of tons of Yeah, pressure. but
1: they they got after him. And so I think that this is a game where the jets can really frustrate a young quarterback and try to force him into mistakes. And we'll get to the jets offense in a second, but yeah. the key for the jets honestly has been creating turnovers. That's the only way that this jets offense has been able to put up any sort of points and against the young quarterback missing his left tackle. I think that's a, that's a good opportunity for them to do this. So from the Raiders perspective, you're uh-huh. Aiden O'Connell how are they trying to attack this Jets defense? Are they trying to stay conservative and do what the Jets have done all season long and say, let's just try to let our defense win this game and just run the ball. And if we have to get in a punt fest, that's all right, um, because we trust that maybe Zach Wilson on the other side is going to make a mistake. Or do you think that maybe the, the, the Raiders should let O'Connell air it out and throw downfield and maybe catch this this Jets defense by surprise? He has certainly has the, the weapons outside.
0: Yeah, I, I doubt that, though. I think they're going to try to do exactly what they did last week, which is run the ball a lot. Um, you know, as Jacobs had over 25 carries last week, a lot of running the football and a lot of play action, and then you know, mixing it up on third down, a lot of short passes. Cause I mean, that's what he does really well. Uh, you know, he has some pretty good intermediate balls that were dropped, you know. So I know he didn't have a, some intermediate intermediate completions, but he had one that was like knocked out of Devontae Adams' hands that he had a pretty good throw. He had another great throw under pressure to Jacoby Myers that he dropped. So um, you know, I, I think O'Connell can get it done. I think after he had that start to the Chargers game, it felt like he just became a different player. Like, you know, he felt like he was just like, okay, I might never play football again here. So um, let me just go air it out and just ball and just do what I can do. And I think that gave him some confidence because he kind of took that from the end of the Chargers game into this game. So he'll be able to handle it. I know that. I know he'll be able to handle the pressure. I know he'll be able to handle the moment. Um, It's just how he executes the offense. That's that's the kind of thing I want to see. I know he has the toughness. I know he has the grit to do it. I know he has all those things. Nothing's going to get him phased. Even if he does like a fumble and the Jets end up getting some points off of it, he's going to come back and keep firing. I know he has that in him. It's just can he get it done, execute it, because he can't move that much and all those things, and he's got to deal with a lot of pressure. Let's see how he gets rid of the football if he knows where to go and check it down to.
1: And then on the flip side, I mean – Zach Wilson, this Jets offense has been a bit of a disaster this season. People, I've been a little too defensive, maybe, of Zach Wilson. We've watched yeah. the All-22. And, you know, after I watched, I did the, the rewatch, and then I watched the condensed game on Monday night before we did our, our last podcast. Hadn't watched the All-22, and I just kind of felt like, okay, this, this is the same Zach Wilson that the Jets have seen since the Chiefs game. Chiefs game aside, he looked like, a different guy he was throwing downfield aggressively throwing with anticipation which really is his biggest issue when you watch the all 22 which is hard to see from the broadcast angle that's zach wilson's number one issue is that he still like he did in college waits to see a receiver get open before he throws it and i think part of that is also being worried about about turning the ball over and so one of the things we talked about on on our last podcast was this jets offensive philosophy has been too much of trying to stay in third and manageable because they had these games early in the season against the Patriots and the Cowboys where Zach Wilson, this Jets offense is in third and 10, third and 11, third and 12. And it's just the toughest situation for a young quarterback to be in. So they've been really trying to emphasize on short passes, running on second and long, trying to set up these third and fives. And look, the Jets third down offense has been historically bad. So Michael Mm -hmm. and I were just saying, you know what? Start taking shots down the field because you don't have the offensive line and you don't have the quarterback to methodically move 75 yards down the field in 12, 13 play drives multiple times in a game. Your best chance is getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers and Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and them creating a big explosive. Uh, ready for this stat? I, I said this last week. The Jets okay. haven't had a single touchdown drive since that Chiefs game. All their touchdowns have been one-play touchdowns. Oh,
0: wow.
1: So it's it's kind of the only way this Jets offense has done anything. It's just a big Brees Hall play. Um, okay. But when I look at this Raiders game and I was watching – the Giants who were averaging like above five yards of carry. And then the game kind of got out of hand and they had to throw. Um, And then I I was looking at next gen stats and I I looked at the last three Raiders games and specifically, I mean, the Raiders run defense, I know has been an issue and you you can speak to that, but specifically to the outside, to the left, I looked at, uh, where, where did I put this? Uh, I put, uh, I'll cut this out. Hold
0: on. Yeah. The side Max Crosby's on. Is that what you're getting at?
1: No, it was the other side. It was – so Deontay Foreman had seven carries to to the left outside. He averaged seven yards a carry. He had 50 Mm -hmm. total. Uh, Jameer Gibbs had 10 carries outside to the left. He averaged six and a half yards a carry, 65 yards total. And then last week Barkley averaged 7.4 on on seven carries. He had 52 yards total. And so the only reason I say that is last week – especially you see this in the L22, the Jets on third down ran a little pitch play to Brees Hall. They motioned him yeah. and then they motioned back a little toss and Becton was getting out in space and that was going to be a touchdown. That was going to be the Jets weekly big explosive Brees Hall play. Their one touchdown of the game. And of course, Brees Hall drops the ball and they fumbled it. It was just that type of day for the Jets. Yeah. Um, but Becton will be the left tackle this week. They don't get Dwayne Brown back and it's kind mm-hmm. of a good, good matchup for it. And we'll get into the, we do a random prediction at the end of the, the pod, but yeah. I feel, I feel good about the Jets having some big runs, to the outside to the left how do you feel about that and then the, just this raiders run defense as a whole which has been kind of porous but as you said they do have one of the best defensive players in, in all of football and max crosby
0: yeah so because i mean because most of the time because max crosby he lines up on the right tackle most of right. The time. most of the time and the raiders why teams run to the left is because they have jerry tillery who plays on the left side who's probably the worst defense tackle run <laughs> he defender. was getting moved off the ball i was <laughs> noticing that they also said uh, they had yeah. the rookie who played kind of well though um yeah uh think? tyree wilson No, no,
1: no. The inside. He's like a seventh-round rookie.
0: Oh, Nesta, Nesta, Nesta J. Severa, yeah. And then I read.
1: Go ahead. I I read that article too. That kind of broke down. He had a a nice performance, a little bit, you know. He he did all right. He did better than I guess. I guess when Jerry Tillery is what you're comparing him to, he looks pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because because the Bears literally just ran to that side every single time. That's what they did. They ran to that side every single time, and you know the Patriots kind of they last in the last time they played them last season when they had the Jacoby Myers play or whatever with Chandler Jones. That's what yeah, the Patriots the way, did. That was, that
1: was one of the best moments as, as a Jets fan. I've watched the Patriots just I'd salivate. I watched that play probably a hundred times. Just
0: <laughs> I can I can imagine.
1: Thank you, Raiders Nation, for that. We're enemies this week, but forever. The Raiders Nation will always have a place in my heart just from that play alone. <laughs>
0: no problem. Yeah, but that's what that's what the Patriots did. They ran right at Jerry Tiller. That's all they did. And teams that's what teams are doing. And it makes sense to me because he's an awful run defender. And you know the other guys on the other side, you know Tyree Wilson, he's getting a little better. Malcolm Kuns is not a great run defender, but uh, you know so they just teams are just going to run to that side. They're going to run away from Max Crosby because you run at Max Crosby, you bad things will happen. Like Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs was, like got thrown like two yards.
1: Especially uh, and, when like Max you know, Mitchell is probably going to be your right tackle this week. I mean, we'll get into the past game in a second, but yeah, the Jets should not be running right at, right at all this week. It should be all to the left.
0: Yeah, yeah, all to the left because I'm telling you, just with Jerry Terry lines up, and he just is is awful over there. And then you know they, they play they used to play Isaac Rochelle, but he didn't play this week. They're playing Malik Reed a little bit uh, this past week, um, and it's not working over there, right? And then the linebackers, you know, Spillane's. I guess he has a broken hand, but he, he hasn't been physical for a while. Um, you know, the only physical linebacker they have is Luke Masterson, who's coming back this week, but he's not a starter. So I don't know how they're going to mix it in. Divine Diablo, he's a safety converting the linebacker and that's how he attacks what guards name. like yeah like yeah divinity exactly That's a great name but that's how he attacks he attacks linebackers like he's a safety still so he, he you know i mean attacks guards or you know guys coming up to him in the second level you know and they're, they're not physical enough uh or shoot gaps when the guys in front of him do win so the linebackers are the big are a bigger issue in my opinion than you know kind of running to the left side even though jerry tillery is an issue because those linebackers they're not coming to filling they're not coming they're not doing their job so that's why you're able to run the ball over these guys because the linebackers can't tackle very well spillane uh, you know he has a huge neck but he has small arms i guess because he gets dragged all the time and then you know divine diablo is just still learning how to play linebacker basically and yeah so i mean the best guy in my opinion is an undrafted dude from iowa so it's it's uh it's not good at the linebacker position. That's one of the reasons they can't stop the run. But teams are running the left because Jerry Tillery. That's where he lines up.
1: So one of the one of the other things I noticed when I was watching the game is especially in early downs, the Raiders were running a ton of cover three, and then they would they got a little bit more exotic. They were mixing in the blitzes, but mm-hmm. off of that, uh, the Giants had an opportunity for a deep ball early in the game off a double move. They had another one that they didn't even throw. I think it might have been the first play of the game where Mm -hmm. I think Jalen Hyatt did a little double move on Marcus Peters, got right by him, and it would have been a big play, but I don't think Daniel Jones even threw it. The second one went out of bounds, and then there was another one too. Um, But there's opportunities for those little double move deep shots. I know Robertson ended up having a great game. He had a pick. He had a forced fumble. Uh, I was reading an article, I think, on Silver and Black Pride, where they're saying kind of the story of of Amik Robinson's career is he'll give up like a big play early on, and then he'll lock in. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you see that. But do you see see opportunities for for deep shots for this Jets offense against this, this Raiders defense?
0: Yeah, there is. I, I think what they have to do is kind of just bait these guys a little bit. I think Amik Robinson he likes to take chances. I mean, if you watch that Daniel, same with Marcus joke, Peters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I, you know, with Amik, Amik, he, it's funny that Daniel Jones play is he, he saw Daniel Jones start to you know throwing motion. I guess he assumed Daniel Jones doesn't throw deep, so he tried to break on it. And the next thing you know, Hyatt's running by him wide open. So that's what Amik Robinson does. He Takes a lot of chances. And they got they can they have chances to forget these guys with double moves. I thought it was interesting they played a lot of cover three this this past week because before they were playing mostly quarters, but this past week they played all cover three. And you know these guys around the team are cover three guys. I mean Treyvon is Gus Bradley, Divine Diablo, is Gus Bradley, um, Nate Hobbs, is Gus Bradley. Um, they they all come from that those guys so that's that system of playing cover three and that Seahawks. Yeah, and that's three.
1: that's kind of the tree that Salah came off of, although it's 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 changed since he's. You know, over the last few years with him in San Francisco and and him as the Jets coach. But yeah, do you think that's something that they'll continue going forward trying to maximize their guys? Or do you think that was a giant specific? um, I mean, I know it's hard to to predict, but how do you kind of anticipate them?
0: I I, kind of do. I kind of think they're going to go more simple that way just because it allowed them to play faster. Uh, but I still, there's, there's going to be openings there though. I mean, when you play cover three and you, and you can read it and you have time, there could be openings that you can attack, you know, what they're trying to do. And, you know, they, they they did play a little bit of quarters and some of those things, a little bit of cover two, but it was mostly just single high the whole game and mixing it up. And because that's where Morrig is the best when he's in the ranging, he's just going back and forth and he's able to come down and make some tackles. Marcus Epps was able to make some plays too. So, um, you know, I think they'll, they'll probably keep to that, in my opinion, kind of keep it simple for these guys to, you know, play zone and something that they're comfortable with, but we'll see. I mean, they have a lot of cover three uh, guys that came over from different teams. Like uh, they, they have the Chris Ash came from the Jaguars. He was under, uh, I forgot, I forgot his, he was under Gus Bradley too. And he came from the Jaguars. So a lot of those guys are cover three guys who come into that that system you know i know robert sawler and dan quinn they kind of got away from it a little bit they still play some cover three but not as much as because because bradley's still doing the same damn thing he did in 2011 so <laughs> I mean, it works for him though I you know,
1: hope that you'd hope that if, if <laughs> the only thing i would say is if the raiders do try to run that you'd hope that Jeff Ulbrich and Robert Sala know that scheme so intimately. Yeah. They know exactly how to, to mm-hmm. attack it. And the Jets, they've done it a few times. I'm trying to remember it specifically, but with that Yankee concept with the deep over and then the post right behind it. That's one of the few concepts I've seen Zach Wilson kind of hit. The big problem though is like, okay, let's send you, let's say you send Garrett Wilson on on a on a post. They don't really have any but Alan Lazard's a number two receiver and he yeah. doesn't separate and he has at least one bad drop every game. Uh, He's yeah. been their deep over guy, and it does, it does work because they can come out on that that 12 personnel. They can they can motion him in get him next to the tight end. It looks like a run. They'll go play action and try to hit that deep over. And I've seen Zach Wilson do that a couple of times, but he's not a separator. And that's really something the jets are going to have to figure out this Sunday night. You know, you're not going to be familiar with this guy because he's a no name, but perhaps the jets give more reps to a guy like Malik Taylor, or maybe even a guy like Jason Brownlee, uh, who's mm-hmm. been inactive every single week. They have to find somebody who can, who can create that separation. Cause Lazard has really been a big problem for this team. You know, he has things that, that, that he does well for this Jets offense, but they got left at the altar in the, in the off season with, with Corey Davis retiring. And that was really something that I think has, has been really detrimental to Zach Wilson and in in this Jets offense, which look, Aaron Rodgers went down. The whole thing has gone yeah. to shit, but yeah. that specifically with the receivers, they don't have anybody who can separate outside of Garrett Wilson. So teams just key in on Garrett Wilson. And they say, beat us with literally anybody else. And outside yeah. of Brees Hall, making one big explosive play every game, this Jets offense has been, Completely anemic. I don't know if you've gotten a chance how much you've watched the Jets at all. But yeah. when, when you see the Jets and then you, you know the Raiders very intimately, how do you think they should try to attack the, this Raiders defense?
0: You know, you know, uh I, I think that how the Jets should attack this Raiders defense. I mean, they they gotta run the ball. They gotta run the ball. I mean, that's 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 the main thing. I think that's how you attack this team i i was kind of thought it was weird the giants really got away from it like especially with barkley was like getting 10 yards to carry like to start the game and they kept trying to pass it was super weird I didn't especially since I like,
1: tommy devito didn't throw a single pass against the jets i wonder if that was <laughs> a remnant against uh, i wonder if that's just because he got so much criticism for just only running the ball but then it's like then they play the raiders and that's the matchup where you really do want to run the ball and they start throwing with tommy devito who <laughs> oh, by the way i went to syracuse and that guy was terrible yeah. <laughs> I don't want to slander him too much. I don't want to get sued or anything. But yeah. Other stuff, too. He's awful. <laughs> Hate that guy.
0: Yeah. But, but yeah, they, they got to run the ball a lot. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, with Hackett, it's interesting because, you know, I was watching his offense, and I was especially watching the Chargers. And I'm thinking, you like, okay, you're playing a cover two, cover five trap team, a team that likes, they'll show cover five sometimes. It looks like two man, but the, if you do it out, the guy's going to stop and take it. And he like, just kept running things into it. And I thought that was, Super weird. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like. You got to know what coverages you're gonna do. So I mean, he has to attack what the Raiders are doing in the passing game, which I don't know if he does. I don't know if that's something he—that's something he's, he really he's does. Consistently
1: out-schemed. He's consistently outscanned. <laughs> he's outscanned. He's—he's literally Adam. G- we we hired Adam Gase again, which was a pay. he was a Peyton Manning merchant. Adam Gase was, and now we have Aaron Rodgers, which this offense was literally just going to be Rodgers get to the line and just audible into whatever concept he wanted. Yeah. And then Hackett looks like a genius. Hackett's two <laughs> things have literally been Rodgers merchant, and then he's. He's trademarked the gold zone. That's his red zone. And the Jets have literally been the worst red zone team, I think since like the 70s or something. <laughs> so he's been terrible. He's so concepts bad. work. I was watching, Um, I think it was a couple uh, weeks ago, but it was JTO Sullivan. I don't know how much you watch him, but he does like yeah, TV yeah. school. Uh, Great breakdowns. Definitely check him out. And he was watching this Jets offense, and he was like, this is a dinosaur offense. And the amount of times that they ran, and he referred to it as like the Greg Roman special, which I would anticipate a lot this week. Because it, it, I guess it's an attack cover three, which is the outside receiver has that must outside release go route, and then the mm-hmm. slot receiver runs that little uh, little out route to the flat, little five yard out route. So that right. that out that outside receiver takes the the deep third with him, and then you hit the slot out. And I was watching the Chargers game. I was like, "There's that Greg Roman special, time in and time it out." They're playing cover two though. That's I, I know. And then I was like, "So what are you looking at on the tablet on the sideline?" What is the point of the tablet if you're not going to adjust? It was crazy. Uh, like people, I, I, everybody, everybody wants to put the blame on Zach Wilson because he's yeah. clearly not good. And I probably, you know, I'm probably being I too agree. much of a fanboy a little bit to him. But I, I watch yeah. him and it's like, okay, he's clearly better than he was last year, which last year was horrific. So, mm-hmm. great. That's a low bar to clear. But he's not the biggest problem in this offense. Hackett is number one. Which they're not going to revoke his play calling duties because that's just going to upset Aaron Rodgers. And then you're, know. you know, you could go to Todd Downing who does have experience in, in Tennessee, but I just don't think that it's worth angering Rodgers. And then this offensive line has been horrific as well. Although Billy Turner's out for this week, and he was really the big problem last week. So we'll see what the yeah. offensive line looks like. It, if I had to guess, it would be Becton at left tackle, Lakin at left guard, who's one of the worst free agents Douglas is offensive free agents. Just so you know, I know you're not a, a jets guy, so I'll, <laughs> I'll fill you in here. You're here. Joe Douglas's is offensive free agent signings. Just okay. in recent years, CJ Uzama. I don't have the contracts in front of you, but CJ Uzama for double digits. Yeah. Horrible. Okay. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson, who thinks he's getting paid $17 million a year. Horrible. Dalvin cook at the end of, of August for $7 million. Who's been horrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously think I'm faster. Um, that's hyperbole. Sorry, yeah, uh, Lazard, who's been, he's been bad. He's just yeah. to be honest. He's been bad. Uh, I like Tyler Conklin is like the one free agent signing I feel like he's hit on on the offense side of the ball. The defense side of the ball, he's had a couple. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a couple other guys are missing there, but the offensive side of the ball for the Jets has, has been awful. But I mentioned Todd Downing because he was with Tennessee in 2019, and that's I was watching Tennessee 2019 film. Um, that's the what I think the jets offensive identity should try to be because yeah. all the Titans had was Derrick Henry and AJ Brown the jets had Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Titans mm-hmm. had a better offensive line. They had a better quarterback, but they ran the ball and then they threw downfield, especially off play action. And so for the jets going forward, I think they should try to get out of the mindset of playing it safe. Don't want to turn the ball over. Let's let the defense win the, win the game throwing two yard routes to the flat and running oh, on God. second and eight. It's just throw down field. Mm-hmm. Throw downfield and good things happen. Whether that's a PI or whether that's Zach Wilson, who does have who does have a live arm, he can huck that thing. Mm-hmm. Give him opportunities to throw down the field, and maybe you'll create some big explosives. And if he if it gets picked off, you're punting anyways. So you know, I, I feel like that's the future for this Jets offense is to try to set up some some downfield opportunities, and then the the con, the byproduct of that is that'll open up some of the things underneath because defenses right now are just crashing underneath. Like yeah. the Chargers, I mean, they were playing that cover two, and those those yeah. press corners were just eating on the, on the Jets flat routes and anything else that they try to do underneath. It was, it's, it's just been a nightmare season for the Jets offensively. But then you say that and you're like, all right, well, they still are four and four. They are in the thick of things. If they could get a big win here against the Raiders, I don't know how you're feeling about about this matchup we, we do a couple things yeah um we'll go through each roster where the okay. jets are better where the raiders are better okay uh, we'll start with that and it, it'll actually be nice to have somebody who can rep accurately represent the other side of things because typically okay. i'm very biased and i think i give every single one of the jets and then michael comes in as you know he's he's the realistic one he's like oh, okay oh, <laughs> probably the raiders or that's a push and you know the saddest thing is because i was looking yeah. at beforehand trying to like pick see who i pick Aiden O'Connell is a fifth round rookie, mm-hmm. and I seriously don't know if I can say Zach Wilson's better. Yeah, we can no, go push. Yeah. We can go push. That's probably the what Michael and I would have done. I don't know mm-hmm. what you feel, but how sad is that? The Jets have the number two overall pick, third year in the league.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Aiden O'Connell, who's played in one game and is a fifth round rookie, you just don't feel like he or two games, and you don't feel like he can outbeat beat that guy out. It's just it's a sad state of affairs for the for the Jets QB. Uh, see. see-
0: i'm gonna I go push here i will all right e- even though I, I will say just watching that chargers game i i, I felt bad for zach wilson because there's some times like there's like a second and four they just ran the ball right they got six yards and then he then he calls like all hitches or something against cover two yeah. and too and, and then and then zach wilson has to pump he has to like oh because if i throw it i'm gonna throw an interception for sure yeah. right and they, they try to like, coach that out of him no picks can't
1: yeah. can't have any interceptions it's like You're misusing the great defense. He can
0: throw interceptions. This defense is going to hold the three or create their own turnovers. Exactly, and he had to force it to like throw it to like a force of the running back or something. Yeah, he's got the arm angles. At least he can throw a two-yard pass (laughs) with the horizontal arm angle. That's cool. Sidearm. So, so I'm interested to see if he had like a better coordinator. What he would look like. That's kind of my thing, and 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 that's going to be hard for like the Jets and you know if they if he goes somewhere else he looks better than he does oh, he now will. he
1: will I've been saying that he's gonna be Geno Smith and everybody hates on me for saying that but I'm sorry like he's a he's definitely a late bloomer I mean maybe he'll be horrible whatever but yeah. like he's a late bloomer he's gotten a little bit better he's still horrible but mm-hmm. I shouldn't say horrible he's still bad last yeah. year he was horrible the thing I keep saying to Jets fans though is they keep grading him on the scale of being the number two overall pick, which he like he is, and it's totally mm. fair. Jets fans are just upset because this was supposed to be the year with Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl hopes, and now here we are watching Zach Wilson again, who they benched last year. They benched him twice last year. Mm. And the Jets have I don't think the Jets have hit on a, a young quarterback my entire life. I mean, Sanchez, Gino, I guess Gino, maybe Gino counts as a hit now. Mm. Uh Darnold and Wilson. They've all been terrible in New York. So I understand why Jets fans are upset, but yeah. Do you think that the Chiefs, if, if Mahomes went down, would be good with Blaine Gabbert? I mean, they have Andy Reid and they have some Travis Kelsey. And so, but like, I think if I'm the Chiefs, I'd rather have Zach Wilson as my backup quarterback than Blaine Gabbert, as crazy yeah. as that might sound. Mm-hmm. Because at least Zach Wilson has a live arm. He does some good things every game. And then he does some bad things. His main issue right now is just not throwing with anticipation. And yeah. he's, he's pretty much a two-read quarterback, which mm-hmm. is what they've kind of coached him into. It's like one, two, and then get to the check down to run. And so they've kind of they've put the training wheels on him. But the key for him is, is in my opinion, is they have to kind of get back to what they were doing against the Chiefs, which is get him out of the pocket a little bit more, throw downfield, call the play aggressive, call the game aggressively. And if, if he goes two touchdowns and two interceptions, hey, that's two more touchdowns than the Jets are putting up right now. So it's like, I don't know. Sorry, I cut you off there.
0: You good? You good? So
1: I. you're an outside perspective. How do you feel watching the? Zach Wilson so far this season. I don't know how much you've watched, but
0: yeah, I watched a couple games. You know, he's actually sex interesting because he does have a live arm, right? And you know, he can different. He can move. There's a lot of things he can do. I just think you know his pocket he presence. He can move. He has issues. legs. <laughs> yeah, he can move, right? And he, uh, and I think that one uh, of his issue coming out of college was always pocket presence, and I still think that's that's a problem, right? And when you have the scheme that he that he's in, that when nobody's getting open, you're not scheming anybody open to help him out, and then he's gonna hold the ball. And then and then he's not going to have that feel of the pressure coming around him it's, it's not good so I, I i think he's just he's not set up to be successful right now but he's also not making up for it like some some quarterbacks that come in there and just make up for it whatever the coordinator is messing him up, even if they're young, they could find some way to make up for it. He's not, he's not making up for Hackett at all. So
1: the one thing yeah. they've done though, is that I do think they've done a better job with, with him than LaFleur. Like I think LaFleur is a better offensive coordinator than Hackett, but at least under Hackett, and I don't know if it's, maybe it's more downing, maybe it's Rogers over the off season, but Wilson's first of all, the accuracy issues, he still missed a few throws here and there, but last year yeah. he was, I mean, he couldn't hit the ocean from the beach, which is the famous quote about Christian Hackenberg. He's now he at least can hit, you know, he's, he's not embarrassing his accuracy. In yeah. fact, he has some great, he has some great balls. The other one is he finally steps up in the pocket. Like he, the pocket presence isn't great, like you mm-hmm. said. I mean, especially yeah. you saw it against the Chargers, and he's he's fumbled. A, he, I think he's eight fumbles, uh, not a loss, but the entire season he's eight fumbles. But he's finally stepping up into the pocket, and he's playing within the rhythm of the offense. Back foot hits, steps up, get rid of the ball. But yeah. the training wheels are clearly on him. And hes he, you can just see that he's so focused on not making the mistake. And that's leading to him not throwing with anticipation, not playing freely. And I understand not wanting to get him out of the pocket, out of structure too much, because that's where a lot of mistakes has happened, when he just bails immediately and then there's nobody on that side and he's throwing picks or he's running for two yards or whatever. But they have to get him outside of the pocket and let him play freer. Um, you know, these are all easy solutions for podcasters. But it does <laughs> yeah, seem like we're exactly. in V 10 now. It's like, how is – it's the same offense, but when you win, it's a great deodorant, but mm-hmm. you, you notice that giants game and the Broncos game, and the Eagles game, it's still like they're getting away from what works so well against the chiefs. And I don't know. I, I think, I do think we'll see a little bit more of it against the Raiders. Um, yeah. all right, keep going with the running backs. This is actually a okay. great, a great matchup before Josh Jacobs last game. I would have said Brees hall has been better this season. Josh yeah. Jacobs does have the resume though. He probably has a better offensive line. Although we'll see about this one with, with no Colt Miller. Um, I'll go to you first. Who do you who would you rather have? Josh Jacobs or Brees Hall?
0: Oh yeah, that's tough. It could be another Um, push. I'm gonna go for now, I'll go Josh Jacobs. Just just because I, I think, you know, I think Brees Hall I think he has uh, the elements to be as good as Josh Jacobs. I just think he's not there yet. And probably a little bit is because of the offensive line that he's behind, but I think Josh Jacobs is not fans behind. Jets this podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Close but, <laughs> I'm sure, but uh, when, uh, when, you know, Jacobs, he, he has just, like, I don't know. There's something about Jacobs. He could just make anything happen with the bad offensive line. Like last year, the offensive line was not good, in my opinion. A lot of people, I know there were some metrics that said they had some good run blockers. I watched it. It was all Josh Jacobs making people miss and getting extra 10 yards and doing all these crazy things that he's not doing this year. And you can see where he's not running for five yards per carry because last year he couldn't be tackled. Nobody could tackle him. A guy could be free. A free guy coming right at him, he's going to spin around, make that guy miss, and then get 10. And that's what he was doing last season. He's not doing this this year. So I still feel like as a – uh and even maybe an o- more overall running back, because I think Josh Jacobs has had a pretty good year blocking. He's had some great – he's a uh, pretty damn good as a receiver right now, and I think he's more of a third down back than he ever has been. So that's why I would go lean to Josh Jacobs, because I feel like even if he's not running the ball well, I could throw the ball to him. He could make a guy miss. He'll block for me and all of those things. And I don't know if Bryce – Bryce uh, Brees Hall it's is – yeah, if he's playing. It's confusing. We
1: have Brees Hull, Bryce, Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, Bryce Huff <laughs> – we got two Michael Carters.
0: It is an announcer's everything. nightmare. Yeah,
1: it's terrible. <laughs> a receiver isn't particularly close. Although Devontae Adams was nearly a jet, if you listen to some of the reports this week. I yeah. wonder, I seriously do wonder what the package was. And then you look at the contract and like, how are they trading this guy? It does It does seem like potentially that could be a move in the offseason. I mean, we'll see what happens with the it Raiders. If, if, if the Raiders finish the season on a high note, and, you know, I, I don't know if that'll happen because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Adams did. It wasn't Adam, didn't Adams grow up a, a Raiders fan? I know he signed for Derek Carr. But yeah, he, he did. He up did, Raiders he did. Fan. And he did. Vegas, lower taxes. It's nice in the sun. So we'll see. That's no sure thing. But I wouldn't surprise me if the Jets did try to make a move to bring in a guy like Devontae Adams to, to pair him with Rodgers. But the guy that really jumped out to me was Jacoby Myers. I was watching him and I was just like, damn, I really wish the Jets gave him that contract over the offseason and just cut Corey Davis because he's exactly what they need. Um, yeah. And I don't know how the hell he got out of New England. Although, you know, probably just signed with McDaniels and I don't know if he was a realistic option for the Jets, but I was watching that Giants game. I was like, damn, Jacoby Myers is awesome. Yeah. So this one's not, not close. This was definitely Raiders. I'll, I'll put push for running back. Cause I would say breeze, but, but yeah. quarterback and running back are push receiver. No question about it. The Jets just don't have the depth to compete with, with the Raiders who have Hunter no. Renfro as, as the fourth receiver. And what was it uh, Trey Tucker who had a, I think he had like one of the fastest plays last year or last yeah. week. It yeah, insane. It's fast out. Yeah. So Raiders, it's not even close. Tight end is uh, a little bit more interesting. You got, I mean, you you tell give me the scouting reporter Michael Mayer. Okay. Apparently, the Jets were interested in him in the draft, and the, the Raiders took him. I love Tyler Conklin for the Jets, but then the Jets have this tight end CJ Uzama. You know CJ is and Mike. He's probably Michael's. I mean, between him or Dalvin Cook. Michael's public enemy. Number one, he's almost <laughs> been absolutely dreadful for the jets for two seasons. Now he can't, Michael just thinks he's on a team because he dyes his hair and he pumps up the team and he seems like a hack guy. The Jets do okay. have Jeremy Rucker behind him. who's a third round pick from that 2022 class, which by the way, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've looked at it. That mm. might go down as one of the best jets. It's definitely the best jets draft class of all time. Oh, yeah. It's going to have, depending on how the next few years go, it could, it could have a say for one of the best draft classes of all time. When you think of sauce, Garrett, Jermaine Johnson, who's turned into an elite player, which he wasn't last year. Young, young defensive linemen typically struggle. Shout out yeah. to Wilson and, and Will McDonald. Uh, Brees Hall, Rucker, uh, Clemens, and then Max Mitchell, although Clemens has been pretty brutal this year. But um, yeah, so the Jets tight end room as a whole, I do really like. Uzama is a net negative, though. He distracts every time he's on the field. How do you feel about this This Raiders tight end room versus the Jets?
0: I think that it's a good tight end room to be honest. I, I think it's they, they block pretty well. I think Austin Hooper's actually showing guys a better blocker than I thought that he would. Michael Merrick gets better as a blocker every single week. And I think he's he hasn't even got a chance to showcase himself as a receiver really yet. Yeah, And I think that's where he is really special because, you know, one game he did, he had like five catches, 75 yards. The one game they did target him a lot and he was making guys miss in open field. He's a good yak guy. That's why I hope Aiden O'Connell leans on him a lot more for checkdowns because he could take a two yard checkdown and get 10. And that's what he does as a tight end. He's hard to tackle. He'll run you over. He'll, run, he'll juke you. There's a lot of things he does in the open field that I think he has a chance to be really special. That's why I really like him because he has top five tight end, tight end potential. He
1: sure, certainly has feet. the highest ceiling at any guys listed here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that you start to see it more every, every week, every week because he's also getting better as a blocker, which I love that he just, he is getting so much better there because he was terrible in a preseason. And, then, <laughs> and now he's pretty, he's, he's pretty. Preseason decent. doesn't matter. Yeah, I remember, I remember
1: Jamar <laughs> Chase being terrible and like you blame the stripes on the ball, not being there for dropping. And then everybody's like, this guy sucks.
0: And then he's like one of the best rookie receivers ever. Exactly. Preseason so, doesn't matter. yeah, preseason doesn't matter at all. But you saw you see him getting better there every week, and I really I really like it there. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a push because I don't think these tight end groups are like that stand out. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Um. All right. Offensive tackle would very clearly be the Raiders if Colt Miller is playing. Without him, this is tough because I think Becton is definitely the best tackle in this game. I mean, you let me know, but I would say Becton without Colt Miller is the best tackle in this game. But then Max Mitchell on the other side who actually wasn't the Jets' biggest problem last week. He played guard last week, and honestly, Billy Turner was definitely the the worst player on that line. And then I would probably say Lakin Tomlinson was the next worst. Mitchell yeah. looked all right at guard, but Mitchell as a whole is not very good. Um, so you got Becton at left t- – and I'm just assuming that's what the Jets are going to do. Beckton at left tackle, Max Mitchell at right tackle. Okay. Becton is is definitely developed into that player that you thought he could be as a rookie. he's stayed healthy knock on wood. he's been like the only Jets offensive line that has stayed healthy knock on wood. Um, but how do you think he compares to these these Raiders backup uh, tackles?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it''s I think it's a push again. Uh, All right. I, 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 you know even even with that because you know Mumford he, he, even when he hasn't played like a full game, Yet this season. They did do a little weird rotation thing. So it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays. I kinda wanna see him play a full game first before I even try to say that somebody's better than somebody else. I think Luminor is just a solid uh tackle. I don't know how he's gonna look on the left side though. So I don't know if he's played left. I don't I hope they don't play Brandon Parker. I pray to God they don't play Brandon Parker left tackle. So uh, that's what I'm doing, you know, in my uh, at night because they've re-signed him. And I'm sure every Raiders fan will be terrified if he suits up and he's active. So if Especially hopefully he doesn't play left tackle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if he doesn't suit up at left tackle, I'm hoping. Um, but, you know, I think it's a push to there too as well.
1: Okay. I struggle with the interior offensive line giving it to a unit with Greg Van Roden, but he is <laughs> – Definitely been better with the Jets have had with Lake and Tomlinson this year. It's just hard to debate. Joe Tidman is the one plus guy that the Jets do have in the interior. And it does seem like the Jets might play Xavier Newman. Who's only played against the giants. He was brought up off the practice uh, squad, played guard for like a series and then never played center before and had to play center uh, uh, against, against the giants after the Jets lost all their centers. And he actually, you know, he had a tough start, but he settled in all right. I think it's going to be Newman. They did bring in Roger Saffold. So, I don't exactly know what this Jets interior is going to look like. There's also some rumblings that maybe the Jets will try to play Titman at guard. So against Max Crosby, they can give Max Mitchell some help, which does mm-hmm. kind of make sense. Um, and play Newman at center, which he, you know, he did settle in against the Giants. They they got that. I don't know if you watched the game, but hopefully yeah. you didn't, but they they spiked the ball with one second, and that was a lot of that had to do with Newman getting up there and uh spotting the ball. So he's he's at least done it a little bit. I don't know exactly what this interior is gonna look like. I struggle giving it to the Raiders with Greg Van Roten, but it's hard to debate the numbers so I yeah. think this has to be the Raiders.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you have to go with the Raiders cuz I think DeLapham is uh has a chance to be a really good guard and uh, he hasn't really struggled that much in pass protection this year. Run game there's some instances cuz he has some play strip issues and I think he's more of a finesse tackle, more of a pass blocking uh guard, I mean and you know he could play in different positions and stuff like that. He can play center as well. Just in case Andre James goes down, he can move to center. And he's a very versatile guy. And I think he's very strong in pass protection. And I think the inside they have a lot. Of, they have pretty good communication. Recently, they've been able to you know work stunts. And, you know, you talk about the Jets run a lot of stunts. That's where they're going to be tested a little bit this week. Yeah, but I think they have good communication, especially. I know Colt Miller's out, and that's a big deal because Parham and Colt Miller work excellent together on the left side, and um, that's going to be a big deal for them. But I still think interior-wise on the offensive line, I think that it'll be the Raiders for sure.
1: All right, this has been uh, quite ugly when you look at the Jets' offense so far. It's two for the Raiders: receiver, and interior offensive line, and then we went pushed QB, running back, tight end, offensive tackle. Although you would have given the Raiders running back. Either way, it's you know not bad with the Jets and Brees. But the defense, <laughs> the defense side of the ball is where the Jets should make up for it. The only, the one that's interesting is edge because Max Crosby is so damn good. But the Jets yeah. do have the Jets do have Bryce Huff. Jermaine Johnson's really coming to his own. John Franklin Myers is a fantastic player. They do have guys like Carl Lawson and Will McDonald, the rookie. So this is a very, very good Jets edge group and a really deep group. They rotate them constantly. They basically are 10 deep. I could throw Clemens in there as well. Um, so I, I definitely depth-wise, I'd give it to the Jets, but Max Crosby is so damn good. Yeah. They have Tyree Wilson, who's starting to come on. He looked a lot better against the Jets. Well, I don't know if he looked a lot better, but he looked pretty solid against the Giants. Yeah. Um, and then Koontz on the other side as well. How do you feel about the edge, the edge rushers uh, in this one? Is this another push,
0: or is the, do the Jets finally get on the board here with their first one? Yeah, I think the Jets get on the board just because okay. they have they have more guys that are that's dangerous. I, was... <laughs> I, I, didn't, you know? I
1: didn't want to offend you with with because Max Crosby is so damn good. But like...
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ma- Max is, is so damn good. Um, you know, but I still think the edges will definitely go to the Jets just because they have more better rotation. I mean, there's a reason why Max plays every snap. You know, yeah. Um, th- that's for a reason. Is because really they can't have him off the field. And, you know, the, the Jets, they have, they can have the luxury. Have, bright, uh,
1: yeah. What was the Vegas line for Max Crosby sacks this week? Do we know? Maybe I should look I that know. up. If, if it's know. two and a half, take the over. Honestly, <laughs> I think, I think he has three sacks against the Jets this week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's playing out of his mind. He's playing out of his, mind. Yeah, out his mind. So, so if, since he's playing out of his mind, yeah, they're, they're, it could look equal, but I just overall, if I per, me personally, I would rather have the Jets rotation with Max Crosby. Then, then just having hey, maybe Rosby maybe really will guys.
1: mcdonald <laughs> can develop will mcdonald's come under a lot of fire this week because, even though he had his first sack and a strip sack against, against yeah. the chargers but you know young defensive linemen typically typically take a year i remember quinn williams getting a lot of hate his rookie year because he didn't really do yeah. anything so mm-hmm. it's a, and jermaine johnson last year didn't really do much so it's it's really you, you can't really judge these guys until year two or year three for the young defensive linemen. but the jets took will mcdonald Presumably because the, the rumor was because they wanted off to tackle, the Patriots jump them and the Steelers take Broderick Jones. Um, or the Patriots trade down and the Steelers jump up for Broderick for Jones. So maybe the Jets would have taken off the tackle, which would have been nice. The Jets go instead take the best player on the board, Will McDonald, but they left a lot of receivers on the board who are doing work. And then you look at this Jets receiver room, and it's like it'd be pretty nice to have a Jordan Addison right now or a Jackson Smith and Jigba or a Zay Flowers or or one of those guys. But I do believe in Will McDonald, and I do think that Max Crosby is a guy you can look at as maybe a guy. Will Mc- I mean Crosby's like cream of the crop, but maybe a guy yeah. McDonald can can develop into it with his physical traits. Uh, interior defensive line, this one, sorry, is pretty pretty obviously the Jets with with yeah, yeah. too. I mean, to be also, honest, you can go all the
0: rest of these just Jets. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was we don't have to
1: get, <laughs> interior defensive line, linebacker, corner, corner, safety would be the only one that I could maybe make an argument for the for the Raiders. I I was was
0: thinking this this whole time, like, you go defense, man. Offense
1: was definitely going to be the Raiders, but how do you feel about the safeties? Jets have Tony Adams and and Jordan Whitehead who, you know, they are are the benefactors of the Jets having elite, elite cornerback play. I mean, all three guys that the Jets play on on corner are unbelievable and they have a great pass rush. So these safeties aren't tested too much. Whitehead makes, you know, a play every game. Tony Adams had the game-winning interception against the Eagles. Um, but he's an undrafted free agent. How do you feel feel like the Raiders' safeties have, have played this uh this year?
0: To be honest, I, I think that might be the only push on defense. Because I think the okay. Raiders safeties are pretty good. true. Yeah, yeah. Trevor More has has is playing. Uh he's definitely have a career year. Marcus Epps, uh, I think he's made a had a, made a big deal. They really raiders haven't given up a lot of huge plays. I mean that's one thing they haven't done especially in the past game is give up a supposed to play so that i think it's because of those two and you know morick has a couple picks this year um you know he has made some great tackles he has a pretty pretty damn good games and you know same thing with marcus I so think they, they, they play pretty well over there they play a lot of three safeties too they got my uh you know isaiah palomau uh, who plays out there too as well he gets a little mixed in there he, he went to my high school so i always shot him out but uh, nice. um yeah so he he is somebody that's coming up and they, they went a lot more three safeties this past week. You know, they had Paul sometimes running free safety and then have more and Epps up, up front and then kind of mixing it up with those guys. So I think Trayvon Morag and Epps and some of the safeties around there, they're, they're, that's probably the Raiders best group in the secondary. And honestly, to me, that's the best group on the defense. So that's why I would say it was a little bit of a push there. Because, All right, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Cause if the jets had Trayvon Morag, they'd probably be like ridiculous. So yeah,
1: Hey, we we got Ashton Davis as our third safety. They've they've been playing a lot more big nickel with Davis, yeah. and they have they have Adrian Amos as well. But you know, clearly the safeties is are the weak link of this of this Jets defense. But at the same time, they have not been bad this year. Outside of the first few weeks, there are some miscommunications uh, in the backfield. May, there haven't really been any in the last few weeks, but maybe the Raiders can capitalize on something like that. But really, I mean, you look at the Jets, this Jets defense from the defensive line to the linebackers, which we didn't talk about, but the Jets linebackers right now, especially Quincy Williams, oh, yeah, are yeah, playing yeah. at an unbelievable
0: level. It's <laughs> not even close. I know yeah,
1: get ready for right? some uppercuts. That's his big sell. We got a few celebrations. We got Quincy Williams uppercut. We've got uh, Jermaine Johnson's like. It's like a, I think it's an FSU thing, but I call it like the Thor hammer. He lifts his arm up and then you know comes down, and yeah. then we've got Bryce Huff has this little waddle celebration. So we've got some some celebrations. Does Max Crosby have a? Uh, uh, no, 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 no.
0: It's Just I'm him and patting his chest. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he acts like he's been there before. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so the final tally was uh, Jets. Four with the edge, into, I mean, the entire defense outside of safety. The Raiders, mm. two with receiver and interior offensive line, although you might give them running back, and we did push a QB running back tight end offensive tackle and safety. Yeah, that is the story with this matchup is is the two the two defenses. Uh, obviously, this Jets defense has been playing at an elite, elite level. I wonder how many teams in NFL history have had – we'll see how this, this ends up working out at the end of the season, but the best defense in the league and then the worst offense in the league because that's really what the Jets are heading towards uh, at yeah. Yeah, the midpoint of the season. Ah, uh, the Raiders' defense played certainly inspired last week. A few more things here, then we'll get out of here. Uh, I forgot to do it before that we broke down, but uh, a key matchup on on for the, the Raiders' offense versus the Jets' defense. Then a key matchup on on the flip side of things. Do you, do you have one that that you're uh, that you're thinking of that can help decide this game for, from either perspective, Raiders or Jets?
0: Yeah, honestly, I think it's uh, a key matchup, you know, that, you know, I want to call out is the linebackers versus tight ends, because I think that's what the Raiders are going to attack. I mean, I don't think they're going to attack outside that much. I think they're going to try to stay away from those guys as much as possible, especially with Aiden O'Connell strength to throw to the middle of the field. I think we're going to see how those, you know, they're going to try to attack those linebackers because even, you know, a good CJ Mosley is, you know, his thing is more kind of playing the run than, and just being a playmaker than actually kind of guarding somebody one-on-one. So I think they're going to try to attack him a little bit. Um, You know, Quincy Williams, I'm not, he's just a little, he's just kind of awesome, but I think CJ Mosley has a little bit of cracks and maybe some things you could attack a little bit against him. So I think that's where they're going to go and try to attack inside, especially with like even moving Adams inside and, a lot of those guys because I know sauce and them don't move around that much. So they're gonna try to move these guys around and I think that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna try to attack inside. So we're gonna see how good those uh, um Jets linebackers can cover a little bit. But I, I think it's, I think they're gonna be ready for the challenge, but I think that's gonna be yeah. the players kind of best matchup.
1: Will I have to say, and somehow I've lost the video. I don't know how I don't know. <laughs> Sorry for those watching on YouTube, it's just the logo <laughs> at this point, which was the only video we used to use. So I guess they're used yeah. to it. But Quincy Williams okay. has been fantastic in coverage, and that was one of the, the few criticisms I had of this Jets defense last week, and it's like the only thing you could say um, was there was a key third down right after the Jets' second fumble in the game, and they went dime. They brought Brandon Eckles in the game, and they took Quincy Williams out and left Mosley in, and it ended up with Mosley on Eckler, and, and Herbert was able to get out of a sack, and, and Eckler was able to get away from Mosley. It was a big gain, and the Raiders ended up scoring a touchdown on the drive. So I was furious about that because it's like if you're going to go dime, keep Quincy Mosley or keep Quincy Williams in the game because he's been unbelievable – uh, covering receivers tight ends running backs i mean the jets asked him to do it all so i feel yeah. good about about the jets chances in that matchup uh, i think the, the the one thing for for me uh with this raiders offense versus jets defense is just that the raiders taking advantage of kind of what we were talking about with the, with the, the screenplay there was a one play in this game where eckler actually ended up dropping it i think it was on a third down but the, the chargers had had a huge gain on the screen the jets have had some troubles um with the screen so i don't know if this is necessarily match up but williams and, and on jacob's uh, actually, I think it's more so Whitehead on Jacobs in the screen game. Sometimes that's kind yeah. of what ends up happening, especially if Williams goes with the tight end. Uh, that screen game for the Raiders, I feel like, could be, uh, could be a, a huge opportunity for them to, to get some sort of yards, although I do anticipate a, a low-scoring affair. On the flip side of things, this Jets offense versus Raiders defense. I mean, the key, the key matchup is Max Mitchell versus Max Crosby, which maybe yeah, yeah. isn't even a key matchup because it's going to be domination, but it's how do the Jets handle it with keeping tight ends in, I hope to, for the love of God it's not Uzama. He will not be able. He, he's uh, even. He, you know, he had, he gave up a sack last week where he had help, I think, with Rucker, and he allowed the sack anyways on in the inside. So I, for the Jets, I think obviously chipping Max Crosby is going to be huge. I think it, if it's if it's Conklin, who's actually a pretty good pass blocker, or Rucker, you're not going to be able to stop him, but they can at least hopefully mitigate it because Max Mitchell yeah. against uh, against Max Crosby is going to is going to be a nightmare matchup. Do you have anything on that side of the ball that you're looking forward to outside of Crosby? dominating max mitchell for for
0: an hour yeah i'm interested in how they try, try to stop uh Garrett wilson I, I'm, I'm kind yeah. of interested in that because you know the Ra- to be honest the raiders haven't been tested outside that much and i, I it's this isn't games, the week
1: that this is not I, the week I, that they're going to be but
0: i i know but it's, it's just it's interesting to me that they haven't been right and you know marcus peters about him he's been chilling half the time that's why he doesn't come up and tackle he's probably been just eating sandwiches over there because nobody's testing <laughs> right so so um it's, I, I still think they're going to try to test those guys a little bit. And, you know, uh, just because, just you know, Garrett Wilson is probably the only guy out there that can really affect the Raiders. I'm interested to see what that matchup is because, you know, Max Max is going to win. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about Max. Max is going to – even the you double-team him, he's going to – he's so willed that, you know, it's going to be all game. He's coming. It's not like just one matchup, <laughs> one snap. He's coming for 70 snaps, just every single snap. And it's the same velocity, same speed every single time. So yeah it's gonna be a fun day for whoever that right tackle is whoever's chipping them it's gonna be a fun day for them too so um i think the matchup is going to be you know how the raiders can control garrett wilson because if garrett wilson goes off and the raiders make zach wilson look good like they did tyson Badgett, it's not gonna be a good day so uh all
1: right the other thing we do is we pick a because we of uh, the podcast for, for one of the podcasts for jets x-factor we choose an x-factor for this game similar to the matchup but like the one player i guess you could give it from the raiders perspective usually it's a different jets player we've been pretty on the money i mean my predictions have been horrible this year i think okay. michael is is seven and one actually and i'm like four <laughs> and four um so i'm like the jets i guess but my okay. x-factors have been pretty on the money last week i chose lazard and he was a huge x-factor and in, in terms of the biggest difference between the jets playing well and, and playing poorly so i guess you can give the raiders x-factor for me, the big Jets X factor for this game, Makai Beckton I think the Jets are going to need a big run to the left, especially on the outside, and getting Beckton out in space against this Raiders defense on the outside is is going to be an opportunity for the Jets to have a, at least a few – sorry, at least one, if not a few, big runs to the left. And I think Becton is a guy that the Jets are going to really have to lean on uh, to create some offensive production. So my X factor for this week is is Makai Becton. Marcus, from the Raiders' perspective, who is the X factor? The biggest difference for the Raiders having a good game and a bad game. If you had to choose one player, who would it be this week?
0: I think it's Hunter Renfro. Uh, yeah. I, I wow. Think, I, I think interesting. I think okay. he could be X factor because, like I said, I think they're going to try to attack the middle of the field, and I think he's going to have a big factor in that. And you know, I talk about Michael Mayer a little bit, but even Hunter Renfro, I think he's going to have a, a good chance to. Really get some catches. It might not be a lot of yards, but to kind of move the chains and get back into that mode because he, he, I mean, he had two first downs last week, and that's they call him Third Renfro. And I really expect him to kind of be an X factor in this game inside, you know, because they are going to try to attack inside and move these guys around and try to get away from Sauce Gardner and those guys. Beware, Beware, Michael Carter the Second though. He's he's the best nickel in the league. I I know, I know that, I know that. But you know, I I think there's going to be a good chance to can move Renfro around and try to figure out how to. Um, you know, get get him the ball, and he can make guys miss and stuff like that. I think he's a little bit of an X factor in this game.
1: All right. Um, I'm trying to. Think. Oh, last thing. Okay, sorry. The last thing in the predictions, we have okay. uh, one random prediction. So you can go an offensive random prediction and a defensive okay. random prediction, and then the score prediction. We'll get to the score in a second. Let's hear. Okay. Let's see. The and Michael goes so hyper specific on this. For instance, his last week was a Michael Clemens block field goal and Zach Wilson rushing touchdown. Obviously, none of that happened. I had Mosley force fumble which we were talking about the fumbles in the preview pod. There were plenty of them. The Jets just couldn't fall on any of them. And Lazard deep ball, which they did try, but Lazard just didn't want to high point it for whatever reason. Um, so do you have a random prediction uh, on the offense side of the ball and the defense side of the ball? Uh, random prediction. Let me see. You know, okay, I, can, I can give you one. I, I think okay, uh, uh, just like why you think I'll give you one. Okay. Uh, I'll say, I mean – I think Brees Hall has a 50-yard run on the left side. I think 50 yards plus. I think he's gonna have a huge, uh, a huge run. He's had some big explosive plays this year, but I think one of them is gonna come against the Raiders down that left sideline. So that's that's my
0: offensive random prediction. Uh, my ran- okay. One. okay. My random prediction is that Michael Mayer leads the Raiders in yards.
1: Okay. Okay. I like that. Uh, I'm writing them down.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> and then, do you have one for the Raiders defense? Uh, Raiders defense. I'm going to go Max Crosby has five sacks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Honestly, he might. He might. The that's that's my be, random
0: prediction. There the, you go. The
1: Jets better be triple teaming and Max Crosby five sacks. Wow. Take the over on Crosby's sack. I really do want I should look it up, but you know somebody can comment it. Um, <laughs> uh, the Jets defense, though. You know what I'll say? I'll say Sauce Gardner gets his first interception of the season. Okay. Yes, he he's not had him. Quinnen has .5 sacks. Sauce has no interceptions these guys got to get on the on the scoreboard so i add that sauce Gardner gets his first uh interception and quinn williams gets his first full sack those, those are my random predictions then last thing marcus i promise I know we, we've went longer than i thought we would um, <laughs> okay um score prediction how do you think this one goes for the ray i think this is gonna be an ugly defensive battle uh who do you see
0: coming out on top here um you know i think the jets probably end up winning this game because I, I just think i don't know i think you know gonna have a uh welcome welcome he, he kind of had a welcome to the nfl moment with the chargers i think it's really gonna happen this game so um since you call miller out man i just don't feel very comfortable about it so you know i, I think the chance are gonna pull this one ugly as hell right like like a 16 to 13 and you know, some something stupid like that Somebody nobody wants Jets to watch
1: this season honestly <laughs>
0: Something nobody wants to watch on Sunday night football. Let's yeah, just
1: say that. I know. I have the prime time slate this week. Michael's prediction is he texted me. He just texted me. Okay. So my prediction is <laughs> Jets, and by the way, Michael's seven and one. So he's the only prediction <laughs> anybody should honestly be listening to. <laughs> oh wow. Um uh well yeah, hey, you, we we don't know your record, yet. My is <laughs> four and four. My record is just nothing. I think I picked the Jets in every game except the uh except the Eagles game, which they won. So okay. everybody can ignore my prediction. But Michael's prediction is Jets 23, Raiders 13. And I I do agree. I I don't think the jets have maybe the uh, offensive performance. That's going to satisfy everybody on on jets Twitter. I still think that the Raiders are going to make some plays. Um, I think it's going to be the Brees hall show. I do think I I figured maybe I should try this for the random prediction, but you know what? I'm just going to bet on Brees hall, but I do think the jets are going to have a play action, deep shot as well uh, in this Mm -hmm. game. I think they're going to try to take some shots down the field. It could lead to Zach Wilson throwing some interceptions, but Hey, you have this jets defense to hold a rookie quarterback, Missing his his starting left tackle um, to at least a field goal, if not punts, turnovers, and whatnot. I think the Jets win this. I agree with you. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Michael said 23-13. three thirteen. I'll say twenty to man. I'll go. I'll go seventeen to three. How about that? Sorry okay. Raiders. Sorry Raiders fans.
0: I that's not crazy to me to be honest. That's the way this game might go. So,
1: but I do. Hey, I like Antonio Pierce. I like the outlook um, for for the Raiders. I mean, it's certainly better than than Josh McDaniels. Um, I mean that's I don't know how he got a job. I mean, I Technically, for the third time, because I guess the Colts hired him too and fired him. Yeah. um All right, that's gonna do it for us, uh, Marcus. Where where can the people find you? Because not only do you the you the Raiders, I mean, you can give all the plugs, but you're yeah. a great uh, voice to follow on NFL Twitter for breaking down quarterbacks, breaking down film. You're a smart NFL mind. So tell our listeners where they can find you, find your work, and, and follow you on Twitter
0: yeah so follow me on twitter at the march on nfl uh, of course go to taped online if you guys you know enjoy this preview me and uh my ho- uh, co-host matt holder we're going to be doing a preview of the jets tomorrow so go check that out it's gonna be all film preview you know going over how we think the raiders can stop them or you know what their weaknesses are or whatever what their strengths are we do that every single week so check that out tomorrow and then um you know f- I got a quarterback podcast called A Little Pocket Awareness. Check that out as well. I go over quarterbacks and talk about, their, about a whole bunch of stuff. All quarterbacks on that one, and uh, yeah, that's, that's mostly it. Yeah. Of course, CivilBlackPride.com, but I'm not sure Jets fans want to read uh, <laughs> stuff. But you know, I'm, I'm there too. You know, but like uh, for taped online, we're, we're, we do a whole bunch of draft stuff. So that's that's kind of the difference. You like the draft? We, we might go over somebody that just drafted. You know, I, I you know, or something like that, or you know, those type of players. And so you know, come check us out over there.
1: Uh, all right, Marcus. Uh, you can follow us at C Y J Pod on Twitter. Myself, Ben W. Blessington. I'll give Michael. I mean, everybody follows Michael anyway. He's pushing forty thousand followers. It's crazy. Yeah. I, at Michael well, underscore I'm Michael Nania. I know they're bro. I know. I know that Twitter blue check is like. I mean, it's only like thirteen bucks a month. I know people will criticize him sometimes and sometimes be like, "You're doing this for for Twitter money." It's like they don't know he can buy himself like a Chipotle burrito with the money he gets every month. This is nothing. It's nothing to Michael Nania. Uh, but you go to JetsExtractor.com. Best place to go for for Jets content. <laughs> Uh, subscribe to the other Jets X Factor pods. Subscribe to the Jets X Factor YouTube. If you can, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That'll do it for us, Marcus. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you filling in here for for Michael. You gave some great Raiders insight. Michael and I will both be there, so our our post game pod will probably come out probably come out Monday, depending on flights, could be Tuesday morning. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you, everybody,
0: for listening. Really appreciate it. Again, Marcus, thank you so much. Everybody, have a great weekend. Go Jets.